Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. This is uh, Kennard Levy-Brown. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. Today we're going to talk about, well, all the topics of the Bible are interesting, but I like to say it anyway, an interesting topic called Blessings and Cursings. Uh, this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Many Christians believe the law is done away with because of their erroneous teaching, and um, they assume because they're going to seminary school and so forth that it must be right what they're saying, etc. And they focus so much on the law is done away with. Uh, we shouldn't keep the law because Jesus kept the law so we don't have to. However, they don't consider the blessings of obedience. And Deuteronomy chapter 28, because is on that, Leviticus 26, a companion to this, focuses on the violation of the Shemitah year, which in a future uh, broadcast I'm going to explain in detail what that is and the significance of that. But for today, we're going to talk about blessings and cursings. And when we get to the cursings part, I'm hoping to help you to understand that God punishes us and curses anyone because he wants that individual to repent, and he loves that person. And so we need to understand what love is, first of all. Many people don't understand that because, quite frankly, they aren't aware of the Bible's simple definition of it in any language. Let's turn to Second John 1, verse 6. And see, the reason why I'm talking about this, uh, we, we have to understand that this is all done in love, and we have to understand what that means. Second uh, John 1, verse 6 plainly states, and this is love, simple definition, that we walk after his commandments. So love is simply keeping the commandments according to the Bible definition. So, another scripture to help us define what the Bible says love is. 1 John 5, verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. That we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. And so, if we want to have love, we should keep the commandments. If we want to have the love of God, God's love is keeping his own commandments. (laughs) 
because he can't be a hypocrite, right? A king adheres to his own judgments, right? Uh, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Uh, he kept the Sabbath when he created it, right? For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. So we should keep the commandments toward one another. When it says love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we need to to keep the commandments to the best of our ability for ourselves, and we should keep them toward others. And so that's the simple definition of love. And God even tells us that we should love our enemies, keep the commandments toward our you know, our enemies. Uh, and then it describes that love or keeping the commandments as simple as the following. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 to 48. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 to 48. It states plainly, but I say unto you, love or keep the commandments towards your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That's how you love your enemies. This is the simple English Bible definition. Uh, you can you can read this in the complete Jewish Bible. This is um, a paraphrased Bible by David Stern, a Messianic Jew, who knows Hebrew for lunch, breakfast, and dinner. It says right here, in Matthew 5, verse 43, you have heard that our fathers were told, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Then you will become children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun shine on the good and bad people alike, and he sends rain to the righteous and the unrighteous alike. And in verse 46, what reward do you get if you love only those who love you? So he says you're not going to get a reward <laughs> if you just keep the commandments toward those who keep the commandments to you. Why? Even tax collectors do that. And if you are friendly only to your friends, are you doing anything out of the ordinary? Even the goyim or the Gentiles do that. Therefore, be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfect Hebraically means complete. And so, you know, that, that's the definition of love. So, that you know, that's what we have to understand here. Um, So it says right here in the um, David Stern commentary of the New Testament, it says the command is not to have good feelings about your enemies, but to want and do good for them, and more specifically to pray for those who persecute you. It is realistic enough to have been flattered by imitation in a well-known medieval Jewish work. Pray for your enemy that he serve God. All right, so that is the definition of love biblically and let's get on with the Bible study about blessings. Oh, and Romans 12 verse 20 is the key verse. Let me read this here in light of his understanding what love is according to the Bible. Romans chapter 12 verse 20 it states, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing this, you will, he will heap fiery coals of shame on his head. That's and it says right here in verse 21, do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. And, you know, everyone's reacting about the ruling on homosexuality, and, you know, I've given a few programs on that. And I want you to understand something. I'm not saying the end of the world is going to come as, as I speak because of that. It's, it's the start of things going bad. It's like the domino effect. Uh, 
we don't have every country in the world endorsing same-sex marriage. Uh, the population in the United States, everyone's not gay. But this is certainly going to lead to uh, people eventually accepting it, a majority, according to the Bible prophecies, according to what Yeshua stated. And all the sins of Sodom should be considered as well. It's just that, again, as I've tried to explain in, in uh, previous programs, that was the event, the uh, when it's at whatever is described, especially in the book of Jude. Let's turn there. Jude chapter 1, verse 7. And Sodom and Amar, uh, Gomorrah, and the surrounding cities, following a pattern like theirs, committing sexual sins and perversions, lie exposed as a warning of the everlasting fire awaiting those who must undergo punishment. And so Jude didn't talk about the pride. He didn't talk about the uh, eating too much. He didn't talk about the laziness. Uh, he, he didn't talk about uh, not caring for the poor. Those are the other sins of Sodom. He talked specifically about the abomination that God saw with his own eyes that said that was the last straw. I gave a, a Bible study about the transgressors coming to the full, and that's what that's referring to. When, when, a, when a society point where they are uh, either considering it, considering making homosexuality the law of the land or something that everybody can do, that's when there's a red flag. So <clears throat> we have to understand that in that context. All right, so. And what has happened is it's significant, and it's biblically significant, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, like I said, it's going to be like the domino effect. If you stack a bunch of dominoes and you knock one down, it's all the rest of them are going to fall down. That's what's going to happen because many people look to the United States for leadership. And if the United States has accepted it, then it's going to influence other countries to accept it as well, according to the, the prophets of the Bible. Again, you know, Yeshua stated, in Luke chapter 17, and this is just in the scriptures, if you just want to believe what it says. It says, Luke chapter 17, uh, verse 29, But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and surfer, surfer, I'm sorry, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Now, why? Because of that event that's chronicalized or revealed in Genesis chapter 19, when the angels came to Lot's home, and all the population of Sodom gathered around that home, and their and and their mind on homosexual activity. That one event was it. Uh, that was the last straw with God, and He says, "This is how it will be on the day of the Son of uh, that the Son of Man is revealed." And so we need to take this to heart. It's not the end of the world, but it certainly is the start of this wicked world ending, which it should anyway. And there's a lot of other things that have to happen. Just got through typing a document about that. Uh, I think I'll give a Bible study on this program. I have another program I, I do Bible studies on, but eventually I will. Uh, the, the, the name of the, the title of the program is Events uh, to Look for Events to look for uh in reference to the start of the tribu of the great tribulation this is a this is an event 
but it's not the only one. There's several other events that we have to look look forward to before the start of the tribulation. So I just want to make that clear that I'm not saying that the end of the world is here now and uh, we're all going to see the Messiah come back tomorrow. I never said that. I'm not, I'm not implying that. I'm just telling you that this is very serious where a a country that was founded on the Bible, that the, the founders of the Constitution did not think that marriage can between can be between a male and a male or a female or a female, that we're doing that now. That's significant, and that's going to just certainly play a role in these end times. It's going to play a role in society getting to the point where God had to destroy um, the nations or countries that adhere to this because the, the majority will accept this filth. That's what your Bible is saying. That's what Yeshua is prophesying about. Because if he didn't, why would he talk about the destruction? You know what caused the destruction, ladies and gentlemen. So I just wanted to, to emphasize that a little bit more um, in reference to uh, what has happened yesterday. And I didn't expect the ruling to happen so quickly. I mean, I, I really, really had no clue. It surprised me that it happened as quickly as it did. So, it it, it was uh, amazing. So, we, we need to pray for our country, for the people. Pray for the people that uh, they they just understand that you can't violate his image. His image is a male and female, not a male, male, female, female. And so we, we have to understand that. And uh, I just hope that, um, I really, really do hope that enough people in this country righteously protest and ask God for mercy and for our leadership for understanding. Okay, so we are going to go over Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read this in the King James. It says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do to all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Now, for people who think that this doesn't apply to Christians today, uh, you must understand the following. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, so if you don't want to be ignorant, pay attention, how that our, all of our fathers were under the, the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, keep in mind, this is Paul writing to a Corinthian church, which is a Gentile church, has quite a few Gentiles in it. Verse 2, And were all baptized unto Moja in the cloud and in the sea. So, when they passed over the Red Sea, it was like an immersion. That's what it's saying. And they did, and this is what verse 3 says, and they 
did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Messiah. So that tells you that the God of the Old Testament was the Messiah. Verse 5, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. He was not pleased with many of them, the majority, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Verse 6, now these things were our examples. Okay, so he's saying that Deuteronomy chapter 28, and all the other scriptures are our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither should we be idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day 23,000. That's what abominations, sexual abominations will eventually lead to. Verse 9, neither let us tempt Messiah. Again, confirmation that the God of the Old Testament was the Messiah because Messiah in John chapter 1 stated that no one has seen the Father or heard his voice. Neither let us tempt Messiah as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Verse 10, which is a common problem of modern Israelites today. Now, I'm not talking about the Jews. I'm talking about the so-called lost ten tribes of Israel. They're not lost to me. Uh, the Ten tribes certainly consist today of the Western nations, uh, Canada, United States, the countries of Northwestern Europe, Britain, South Africa, Austria, Australia, rather. Not Austria, but Australia, New Zealand. Uh, for proof of that, www.beasinboyritam.org. So whenever I say House of Israel or Israel, I'm talking about those 12 tribes. Of course, Judah is a part of those tribes. Judah, the Jews, they are a part of the tribes, but they are not, the, uh, they're not, Judah is Israel, or the Jews are Israel, but not all Israel are the Jews, all right? So anyway, verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. All right, so that's enough scriptural evidence that uh, everyone should be keeping the law uh, for those who claim that they are believers of Messiah. And then also Ecclesiastes, the last chapter of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, it says in verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, colon, fear God and keep his commandments. So you don't fear God if you don't keep his commandments. He says, well, this is the whole duty of man, Adam, male and female. It doesn't say it's the whole duty of just the Jews. This is a very powerful scripture for those who are teaching incorrectly that Gentiles don't have to keep the commandments. Or um, Gentiles are just invited to keep the Sabbath for a holy day, but they really don't have to keep it. Well, that doesn't make any sense. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 6 plainly states, and this is in the context of keeping the commandments, he that he that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Yeshua stated plainly in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, halakha in Hebrew, the truth and the life. So he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life, he's everything. <laughs> No man can come into the Father but by me. 
And so we have to mimic him. We have to copy what he has done. He said he kept his father's commandments. If he keeps his uh, his father's commandments, we must do the same thing. If you keep my commandments, you should abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. We're supposed to have his mind, meaning that we're going to be thinking like him. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. So if we're going to think like him, then we're going to be thinking like a Jew, acting like a Jew, looking like a Jew, because we want to be like him. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Messiah. So as you get spiritually more mature, you're going to end up acting like him, looking like him, because... When you understand it, we are betrothed to him, married to him. We just haven't, haven't consummated the marriage. And a wife becomes one with her husband, and so, we, and so will we. Just like Ruth said, my God is your God. I mean, this is all Ruth was written to help us understand the relationship. So, and Ruth is a, is a fine example of that. It's an excellent book to read. Excellent book to read. And when a Gentile or someone of of the nations, that's not a Jew, when they convert over into the true religion or the pure religion, the pure Judaism, you know, uh, that's what I would say basically, they will say the following. Ruth 1, verse 16 states plainly, And Ruth said, I entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go, and whether thou lodge, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. All right? So that means that she wants to attach herself to the commonwealth of Israel, and she will keep those laws attaching herself. Okay. Getting back to blessings and cursings, and let me warn you, this chapter is not a pretty picture. I mean, it starts out okay, but it ends horrible. And I'm going to read this entire chapter because you need to understand God's judgment and why he judges and and why he punishes. And I may need to use a little more time, but uh, how much time I have left? I have 22 minutes. I might be able to get all this done in 22 minutes. Uh, we have a caller online. Let me. I'm, I know for sure now I'm going to have to extend this program now. <laughs> okay, you're on the air. Hello? Yes. Hello? Yes. Yeah. Hello? I, I was, yeah, I was mostly just listening, but I, I do have a question. Go ahead. Because <clears throat> I know. The Bible is the Bible is our instruction for us to live is mm-hmm. is for the believer. So, if are we supposed to? Uh, I don't know how to put this. Like, if I tell somebody about God and they don't want to accept it, do what am I supposed to do at that point with that person? Pray for them. Pray that God gives them understanding. And that that's that's all you can do. I mean, it's, it's, there's a scripture in John six, <coughs> verse forty four. Let me quote this to you here real quickly. Um, it states plainly that no man can come to me 
and that's in red letters in the King James, except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And so it's really the Father's responsibility to open uh, a person's mind. He, of course, he's going to use human beings to do that, but it's up to the okay. Father to, to open that human being's mind to understand him. And he has so much mercy, and he there's another scripture. This is one of the most positive scriptures, I think, that was ever written in Romans chapter 11, verse uh, 31. It states, uh, Even so, have these also now not believed that through your mercy they may also obtain mercy. In verse 32, For God has concluded them all in unbelief, everyone, that he might have mercy on all. And so I'm not preaching universal salvation, but he certainly, he in Ezekiel 18 it says he does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. And so he's going to do all he can to give each every each and every human being an opportunity, should they choose, to want to enter the kingdom of God. Okay. And and what if they have if they have done things that that God considers a, an abomination? Well, as I was just saying, if they've done things that God considers an abomination, and if they don't repent of those things, they certainly will be judged for those things. Okay. Especially, okay, it's like, okay, the defi- one of the definitions of sin uh, is a, James said this in James chapter 4, mm-hmm. verse 17. He says, therefore, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. And so if they know, and most, I, I, I suspect a lot of people who do abomination, they understand no. that it's wrong. Right. They, they're going to get it. Just... They're going to get it. They're definitely going to get it. You know, so let me just be flat out. I have a cousin who's gay. He's gay. Mm-hmm. I love my cousin, but I tell him, like I, I've, he knows what the Bible says about homosexuality, right? But he still choose to do it. Okay, well that's and you know, and, and that's why I'm saying, am I, am I supposed to just wash my hands of my family or or? or and just just don't deal with them at all. Well, no, you love them at a distance. That's what God does with us, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> he okay. loves us at a distance. So, so right. uh, yeah, that's that's what we have to do. We love means, as I defined earlier, in the, in the, based on the Bible, keeping the commandments toward and and uh, mm-hmm. basically that's what you do. And and with, with gay folks, you know, I love them, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to endorse their lifestyle. Right, and um, you know, I'm going to do all I can not to offend them, but but I, I'm not going to uh, go and and do something that I know is against the scriptures and give them any indication that is okay to be that way. So, but I, I do that in a loving way, not in a lot. You know, a lot of people because of this ruling, they're going out of their minds and and they're judging them, uh, condemning them to to hellfire and so forth. And we don't know if this individual will repent. You know, so we we need to only right. God knows that. So, right, right. So, so we know that's where they're headed, you know. But, but we just don't know, you know. I can't. If they're gonna mind. repent, yeah, right, yeah. You know, right. that, that's his mercy, you know. So, uh, some people, believe it or not, don't know that this is wrong. They were just raised in it, you know. So, and they never read a Bible and don't care about it, you know. So, I mean, what do we do about those people, you know? So we 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 have to, you know, sure. We have to do righteous judgment, as the Bible says in John chapter 7. Righteous judgment means that you use the scriptures to make uh, wise decisions. But none of us are qualified to make a final ruling that someone can't make it in God. 
So you're saying righteous judgment is only to make the right decisions for ourselves? For ourselves and for other people that don't want to repent, that are, like there's several scriptures in the New Testament about people that do horrendous sins. And because of that, they can't fellowship anymore. And so Paul would say, hey, I give them to the devil and hope that they repent. And so we have to, and just even in the in the Old Testament, um, they excommunicated people from the camp that violated certain right. laws. Okay, so that right. that certainly applies in the New Testament as well. And if, of course, if they repent, they can come back in. You know? Right. So, right. so, so, you know, it, it's just. Um, but we all have to be careful. That's why. That's what he meant by judge. Not that you be judged. He means making a final condemnation. But we have okay. to make decisions because in First Corinthians chapter six, let me read this to you. Looks like I might have to <laughs> extend this Bible study, but that's okay. I appreciate the call. Uh, first oh, okay. chapter six. Oh, that's okay. That's no problem. I'm sure people enjoy the fact that uh, you called in and so forth. So First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do not, now, you know, in this context, it's talking about going to a, a court of law. Uh, verse okay. 2, a man's law. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter? So we, we have to learn how to make wise decisions. Know ye not that we shall judge angels, how much more things that pertain to this life. If then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? Not, not one shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goes to law with brother. Or is it saying that instead of being able to make wise decisions among the assembly, they go to man's court systems. And we should be wise enough in our assemblies using the word of God to make wise judgments. Um, Okay, okay. Okay. So. Now that makes a lot of sense. All right, no problem. I just, uh, you know, just want to make sure I answer your question. So so I'm going to go ahead and extend this program a little more because I want to go through the. And now to back and listen. Yeah, the blessings and cursings, because I tell you, this chapter is not pretty when it starts getting into the cursings, but I, I got to say what I have to say because this is God's word, and uh, he, you know, he, he loves right. people, but he wants to be obeyed, too. It's like any leader. Right. So, right. Well, you take care. All right. I'm going to just sit back and listen. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get back to our Bible study here, blessings and cursings. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. All right, so when we keep the law, many people need to understand that there's blessings. So let's focus on that first. There's too many times that I know in ministry and in life, people, when they think of keeping the commandments, they think about, oh, you know, the law's done away with, oh, and one of their motivations for not keeping it, they don't want to be bothered with the curses. Well, let's focus on the blessings first. Okay, because there's tremendous blessings. I've been keeping the the Sabbath, holy days, and and as, as many commandments as I can keep. Because even if you have the desire to keep the commandments, you're not going to be able to keep all of them. I'm not a Levitical priest, so I'm not required to do sacrifices. Uh, I'm not a woman, so I have to worry about the uh, menstruation cycle laws and etc. And so, so you're not going to be able to keep all of them, but you keep the ones you can. All right to the best of your ability. Two, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Verse 3, blessed thou be in the city, blessed shall thou be in the field. Verse 4, 
Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. So the fruit of your body are children. So he's saying it, you'll be blessed in your own city and you'll be blessed in your own field. Uh, and the assumption there is you should have your own field. Uh, we were an agrarian or agricultural uh, society uh, before the 1800s, basically. And after that, with the invention of the steamboat, which started the Industrial Revolution, we started to move from our farms. So so this is uh, certainly a biblical evidence that we should all have our own field, we should have our own plot of land. And because of that, it's causing all kinds of problems, which is another Bible study anyway. Verse 4, <clears throat> Blessed shall thou be the fruit of thy body, your children, the fruit of thy ground. Again, uh, that's indication that we should have our own land so we can grow our own food, so we don't have to worry about the grocery stores. And the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Verse 5. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Verse 6. Blessed shall thou be when you come in, and blessed thou shalt be when you go out. Verse 7. The Lord shall... You know, I experience these blessings today. It's like I sense an invisible force field around me. And that force field is broken when I get into a pattern of sin. <laughs> and so I'm very careful not to break that pattern. <laughs> you know, in other words, the pattern of, of, of doing good, you know, or, or keeping the commandments, because I, I know I can remember the times when that force field was broken, and it wasn't pleasant. But anyway, and I mean what the, by the force field is that angels are, surround each and every righteous person on this earth, and they protect you miraculously. Verse 6, Blessed shall thou be when you come in, and blessed shall thou be when you go out. Verse 7, The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against one way and flee before these seven ways. Verse 8, The Lord shall command a blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and all that thou settest thy hand unto do, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God gives thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people, Kiddushim, in Hebrew, unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if you shall keep the commandments, if you, if, it's a condition in English, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. We have to walk in his ways. We have to do that. If we don't do that, we're just not going to make it. He's the way, he's the halakha, the way, the truth, and the life. And only him. We're not going to get to the Father. We're not going to ever see the Father unless we obey the commandments like our Master and King of Israel did. And still does today. Because he's still alive, ladies and gentlemen. Kedosh in uh, Hebrew, that's holy. Verse 10. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. They should revere thee. And I get this, too. I mean, people may disagree with me, but they certainly respect me. And this happens for every. I'm sure other people that keep the commandments can say the same thing I'm saying. Verse 11. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, and the fruit of thy body. Yeah, I have, I have some things. I'm not rich, but I have enough to survive. And the fruit of thy cattle, and the fruit of thy ground, and the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure to heaven to give the rain unto thy land in the season, and to bless all the work. Yes, and I can say this, he does bless all the work that I do. And thou shalt lend unto, now this is talking nationally now, 
Thou shalt lend it to many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. In uh, the United States, they after World War II, they initiated the Marshall Plan. And so they lent to other nations. And they did not they did not borrow, but that of course has changed because of sin, as you're going to see here. Verse thirteen, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if thou hast if thou hast hearkened unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do. Verse fourteen, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Okay, so, and then in verse 15 he states, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So this, this chapter certainly reveals that people have a choice. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, we have free will. Deuteronomy 31, verse 19. Now, therefore, write... No, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. States the following. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. This is what I'm talking about. Blessing and cursing. Blessing is life. Cursing is death. We'll lead to death if you don't repent of it. Therefore, choose life that both you and thy seed may live. Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. <laughs> it's pretty simple, right? Yeshua stated in Matthew chapter 19, a plain statement that people just somebody just butcher and just don't want to believe. But in Matthew chapter 19, a simple question that this individual asked the master. Matthew 19, verse 16, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? In verse 17, and he said unto him, Why do you call me good? None is good but one. And that's interesting because here he is, the Messiah, and he didn't consider himself good. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the command. We know he kept all the commandments perfect, but he's talking on a spiritual plane. Here he is in sinful flesh, even though he didn't sin. All right? And so he wasn't in his, his prior glory. That's what he meant. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Plain and simple as that. And then people accuse me and others when we, when we say that. Well, you're, you're preaching a, a gospel of, of keeping Torah. Well, we have to keep the Torah. It doesn't, it doesn't give us the salvation that God is providing a gift. It's a gift. And Yeshua, or Jesus, died. And so we would have the opportunity to enter the kingdom of God. None of us through our commandment keeping is going to uh, open that door. He opened that door for us. But to enter that door, <laughs> opening the door is one thing. Being allowed to enter it is another. And and for us to be able to enter that door, we have to keep the commandments. That's how we show that we believe him. Read John 3, verse 16 to 22. It explains that. All right, so let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 27, rather. And so this is, um, these are the curses. These are some uh, initial curses before he gets into detailed curses in Deuteronomy chapter 28. There's quite a few of them. Deuteronomy 27, verse 15. Cursed be the man that makes any graven or molten image an abomination unto the Lord. So an image 
a graven image is an abomination to the Lord. The fact that homosexuality is now considered to be also between a man and a man and a woman and a woman, that's a desecration of God's image because God's image is, is, is a male or female. And so that is certainly an abomination unto the Lord. The work of thy hands of the craftsmen and put it in a secret place and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Verse 16 of Deuteronomy 27. Cursed be he that sets a light by his father and mother, the set of lights. Let's read this in the another version here that is clear. Uh, the 1965 Bible in basic English version, sometimes the King James Version uh, English could be very difficult for people to understand. Deuteronomy 27, verse 16, Curse is he who does not give honor to his father and mother, and let all the people say, so be it. Verse 27, 27, verse 17, Curse is he who takes his neighbor's landmark from his place, let all the people say, so be it. Verse 18, Curse is he by whom the blind are turned out of the way, and let all the people say, so be it. Cursed is he, that's someone who purposely just doesn't help the blind. Uh, Cursed is he who gives a wrong decision in the cause of a man from a strange land or one without a father or widow. Let all the people say so be it. Verse 20, Cursed is he who has sex relations with his father's wife, for he has put shame on his father. And let all the people say so be it. Cursed is he who has sex relations with any sort of beast. Let all the people say so be it. Cursed is he who has sex relations with his sister and daughter of his father or his mother, and let all the people say, so be it. Curses is he who has sex relations with his mother-in-law, let all the people say, so be it. Curses is he who takes his neighbor's life secretly, and let all the people say, so be it. Curses is he who for a reward puts to death one who has done no wrong, and let all the people say, so be it. Verse 26, Curses is he who does not take this law, the commandments, the instructions of God to heart to do it, let all the people say so be it. Let me underscore that one. Curse is he who does not take this law, all the instructions and doctrines and commandments of God, to do it. And let all the people say so be it. So that's a plain statement that anyone is cursed who does not. All right, so Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's look at the detailed list of curses. And this, of course, is a prophecy to Israel. And again, I explain to you who Israel is. It's the Western nation. And also, Judah are the Jews and a part of the 12 tribes. We are supposed to be an example unto the entire world, a light to the nations to bring them to obedience. But we have failed miserably in that, but we won't in the future, thank God, because of his mercy. But unfortunately, we have to go through a lot of cursings, and this is certainly... <sighs> Part of the cursing we have to go through, unfortunately. As Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9, plainly states for most people, even modern-day Israelites, this is true. In the night, the desire of my soul has been for you. Early will my spirit be searching for you, Isaiah 26, verse 9. For when your punishments come on the earth, the people of the world will get the knowledge of righteousness. That, unfortunately, is the way we are. Uh, let me explain the concept of punishing because people just don't understand that. Uh, they just don't understand why he punishes. It looks like I'm going to be going off the air, but the, the good news is that uh, the entirety of this program will be recorded. I'm thinking that I will be finished uh, probably around 10.15, and so it should be available in the archives uh, at 10.30, uh, Eastern Standard Time, 
a.m. in the morning or around 11 o'clock. All right, so I'm going to talk about here why God punishes, because many people don't don't understand that. And uh, I'll, God willing, will be available to speak to you next week. Shalom. Peace. All right, I'm in the recorded session of the program. We're going to talk about why God punishes, why he allows curses. And I'm going to read this in the uh, 1965 Bible and basic English version for clarity's sake. So I'm going to start in Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, For this reason, as we are circled so by so great a cloud of witnesses, putting off every weight and sin, into which we come so readily, let us keep on running in the way which is marked out for us. Verse 2, having our eyes fixed on Yeshua, the guide in the end of our faith, who went through the pains of the cross, not caring for the shame because of the joy which was before him, and who has now taken his place at the right hand of God's seat of power. So he sits at the right hand, not all day, but it's, it's a, uh, he's when they make rulings, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Verse 3, Give thought to him who has undergone so much of the hate of sinners against himself so that you may not be tired and feeble of purpose. Verse 4, until now you have not given your blood in your fight against sin, as he did. Verse 5, and you have not kept in mind the word which says to you as to sons, My son, do not make little of the Lord's punishment and do not give up hope when you are judged by him. Now, let's get to this the point I'm trying to make here about punishment and curses. Verse 6, for the Lord sends punishment on his loved ones. Everyone whom he takes as his son has experience of his rod. It is for your training that you undergo these things. God is acting to you as a father does to his sons. For what son does not have punishment from his father? But if you have not, but if you have not that punishment of which we all have a part, then you are not true sons but children of shame. And it says bastards in the King James Version. Verse 9, and again, if the fathers of our flesh gave us punishment and had our respect, how much more will we be under the authority of the Father's spirits and have life? For truly they gave us punishment for a short time as it seemed good to them, but he does it for our profit that we may become holy as he is. At the time, all punishment seems to be pain and not joy, but after those who have been trained by it, Get from it the peace-giving fruits of righteousness. So he has us all go through punishments and curses in the hope that we repent and change. That's the reason why we all have a tendency to go through punishments. It's not because God is just taking great pleasure in us going through pain. He's hoping that through the pain that we will repent. That's what he's hoping, ladies and gentlemen. And so... Uh, you're not going to spank adults like little children. So you spank adults by allowing curses and taking away food and, and so forth. That's how, or taking away job opportunities, etc. That's how, that's certainly how a human being is uh, punished. And then in the complete Jewish Bible version, it says, For Adonai disciplines those he loves and whips everyone he accepts as a son. Um, and the Amplified Version, which brings out the original Greek and Hebrew, uh, the Amplified Version, Hebrews 12, verse 6, For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves, he punishes, and he punishes, even scourges every son whom he accepts and welcomes into his heart and cherishes. And so he says he even scourges. And 
in, in the scriptures version, it says flogged every son. And so scourge means to, to flog. That's what it means. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the whipping could be severe. So let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's continue on with the cursing. So I'm reading this to you because this is going to happen to this country or any country that is embracing the sins of Sodom to the point of where they're certainly considering uh, homosexuality to be the norm in society, to be the norm in society, to be the normal thing to, to think about and to just readily accept it like it's a norm of marriage, which it, which it isn't. All right, so in verse 19 of Deuteronomy chapter 28, Cursed shall thou be when you come in, and cursed shall thou be when you go out. Verse 20, The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that you set your hand to do. And so he's going to just totally allow uh, certain things to happen to you. And this means, this Hebrew for rebuke means to blame, to scold sharply. So he's going to scold sharply his people. In verse 20, it says that the Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and he will rebuke you sharply. Sharply. And all that you set your hand to do, thy hand unto, for to do, until you be destroyed. And that's what it means, destroyed. Until you perish. Until, as she says right here, until thou perish quickly, not slowly, because of the wickedness of thy doings where you have forsaken me, and this, this, this ruling. Well, let's hope this nation repents of it, because if we don't, we're, we're on our way to destruction. That's the reason why I can say that we will be destroyed if we don't repent. And the good news is that the Bible says we will. It does say that, but let's, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 4. It says, in the end, before the Messiah comes back, uh, there will be some a good portion anyway that will repent. So, in, in Deuteronomy 4, verse 27. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, this is because of sin, and we are, and you shall be left few in number among the heathen where the Lord shall lead you, and there shall you serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. But if Thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if you seek him with all thy heart, with all thy soul. And in verse 30, this is a prophecy. Remember, Moses is a prophet or was a prophet. When thou art in tribulation, that's the great tribulation. And all these things shall, shall come upon thee, even in the latter days. And you, ever, you see that phrase, latter days. It's talking about the days before the coming of the Messiah. If thou turn to the Lord, in other words, do Teshuvah, repent, and thou and shall be obedient unto his voice. So you have to be obedient to him. You have to obey him. Verse 31, For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. That's why I call my fellowship the merciful servants of God, because he's merciful. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swore unto them. So he will... It states in Romans chapter 11 that all of Israel, it means a majority, will be saved. That's what he states. Not every single person in Israel, but all of Israel as a group. It will be a significant group that will be saved. 
Deuteronomy chapter 28. Because in, in Romans chapter 9 it says all Israel is not Israel. So there's going to be some people that are modern Israelites or were Israelites. Uh, that's not going to make it, unfortunately, because of uh, not wanting to repent. But anyway, verse 21. The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee, disease, until he has consumed thee from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with consumption, with fever, with an inflammation, with an extreme burning, and with the sword, or with blasting, uh, blasting, that's, uh, I think that's mold, and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish, until thou perish. We actually know that word blasting means uh, a scorching. And then verse 23, And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under shall be iron. In other words, it's talking about drought, which this country suffers everywhere. California is going through a tremendous drought right now as I speak. Verse 24, The Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. That's what that's leading to. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. Verse 25, The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thy enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them, and you shall be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. Verse 26, And thy body shall be meat unto all the fowls of the air and unto the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt. The botch of Egypt. The inflammation of Egypt. And with the hemorrhoids or hemorrhoids and with the scab and with the itch whereas thou cannot be healed the Lord shall smite thee with madness so so far let's, let's cap if you don't obey the commandments if you don't want to obey all the commandments your kids will be cursed you'll be cursed where you live you'll be cursed wherever you go you'll be cursed <laughs> uh, with diseases diseases uh, you won't have a physically healthy body. Um, the, the curses are tremendous here. Verse 20, The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Madness is craziness. You won't think straight. So when you don't keep the commandments, it causes you not to think straight. Blindness. And it also causes spiritual blindness as well. And astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind grope of in darkness. You should grope at noonday. Grope means search. It means uh, feeling around, groping after something to identify to move around, such as Isaac did, or as the Egyptians did during the plague of darkness. It has a sense of staggering, trying to find one's way. And so he's saying you're going to try to find your way at noonday as the blind tries to find their way in darkness. So you, you, you just don't know what you're doing, you don't understand your life, you don't have a purpose, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. So this is what not keeping the commandments does too. You, you, you just don't have a purpose. You don't know the way. And you won't prosper in your ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore. You'll be robbed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. No man shall save thee. Verse 30. Thou shalt betroth the wife. In other words, you you agree to marry a woman, but you haven't consummated a marriage yet. That's the, that's the biblical way of a marriage. 
and another man, and then the father's involved. That's in Exodus uh, 21, verse 17. That's an example. Let me read that to you and hold your place in Deuteronomy 28, verse 29. Uh, Exodus chapter 21, verse 17. Um, about a marriage. Exodus chapter uh, 21. Trying to find a scripture here where it talks about that. Uh, I'll find it here real quick. Here we go, Exodus 22. Exodus 22, verse 17. Actually, Exodus 22, verse 16. It says, If a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. If her father, so the father's involved in this, should be anyway. If the father utterly refuse to give her unto him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. So, so that just tells you that uh, being married, being married to, uh, to a woman, it started starts out as a betrothal, an agreement to marry, and a ketubah, that's the marriage certificate that is written up, and then for about a year, that's the way it was done. And I think uh, back then, but in Judaism today, I don't think there's a delay that long of a delay. Um, they consummate the marriage, and then of course they have sex to consummate it. So anyway, back to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse. 29, it says, Thou shalt grope, meaning that you're wandering around and, and you're trying to figure out your way and you just don't know, you don't have any goals, you just don't know what to do. You don't have any direction. That's what happens when you don't keep the commandments, you don't have any direction. Verse 30 of Deuteronomy chapter 28, Thou shalt be thrown a wife and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house and you shall not dwell therein. You shall plant a vineyard and shall not gather the grapes thereof. Verse 31, thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes, and thou shalt not eat thereof. Thine ass shall be violently taken away from before thy face, and shall not be restored to thee. Thy sheep shall be given to thy enemies, and thou shalt have none to rescue thee. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given to another people, and thy eyes shall look. And this, this has happened before, uh, during the times of... Um, of the Old Testament, in 721 B.C. with the house of Israel, and then uh, in 586 with the house of Judah. This happened during the uh, the Holocaust, and, and actually as the modern suffering uh, of our people, uh, the Jews. But also we have suffered tremendously in this country, if we want to think about it, recently in the 21st century. But it's, it's only going to get worse, ladies and gentlemen. And then, of course, in A.D. 70, a lot of this... Uh, a lot of things that are said here can be applied toward what happened. And just read the book of Josephus. It's not pretty of what the Jewish people went through back then. But again, they are only one tribe of the children of Israel. All of Israel has suffered and will continue to suffer until they repent. And so Deuteronomy 28, verse 32, Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given to another people, and thy eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and they and there shall be no might in thine hand. Verse 33, The fruit of thy land and all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up. And that's happening right now. China is eating up our resources. Uh, other countries are eating up our resources. And thou shalt be only oppressed and crushed always. We owe the Chinese over $3 trillion right now. 
so that thou shalt be mad for the sight of thine eyes which thou shalt see. And so mental illness and sanity will occur because of not keeping the commandments. Verse 35, the Lord shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs with the sore botch that cannot be healed. From the sole of thy feet and to the top of thy head. The Lord shall bring thee in thy king, which thou shalt set over thee. And that's in our case, president, right? And to a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, and there shall, there shall thou serve other gods, wood and stone. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all the nations where the Lord shall lead thee. Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field, and shalt gather but little in, for the locusts shall consume it. Thou shalt plant vineyards, and dress them, but neither but shall neither drink out of the wine, nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. Thou shalt have olive trees throughout all thy coasts, but thou shalt not anoint thyself with the oil, for thy olive oil shall cast its fruit. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. Trees and fruit of thy land shall the locusts consume. The stranger that is within thee shall get above thee very high. And that's what's happened in this country. We we have foreigners. The Chinese make a lot more money than uh, than mostly everybody in this country. Uh, the stranger that is within thee shall get thee above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. We are the world's greatest debtor nation, the United States. We owe we owe to so much money to so many nations. Verse 45. Moreover, all these, well, certainly China, we just owe a lot of money. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee till thou be destroyed, because you did not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded thee. Verse 46. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. Verse 47. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all. Because you you serve not the Lord thy God with joyfulness. And we should serve him with joyfulness. We shouldn't serve him just because, oh, we just got to do it. Uh. No, we should serve him. Serving him means obeying him. Because we want to do it. Gladness of heart. That's why we should do it. That's ultimate spiritual maturity when you serve it. Not because, oh, we're going to get punished, but because you want to do it and you do it with joy and gladness of heart. He wants you to do that. If you're just going to serve him because we have to obey him, that's not good enough for him. Verse 48, Therefore shall thou serve thy enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger. Here we go. With the hunger pains. And in thirst and in nakedness and in one of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he has destroyed thee. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle fly of a nation whose tongue or language you shall not understand. Which proves that tongue means languages. Verse 50, a nation of fierce continents, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. Verse 51, in other words, he'll wipe out babies and youth as well as old people. He doesn't care. Verse 51, he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed. And this is a prophecy of a war of a war coming. 
and that's what's happened to that happened to ancient Israel is going to happen to modern Israel, the Western nations today, ladies and gentlemen, and of Israel. A war is predicted for the little land of Israel in Jerusalem, where the city, the capital city of Jerusalem, which is the capital city of the entire world, or should be. Verse 51, And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee corn, wine, or oil, or the increase of thy kind, or flocks of thy sheep, until he has destroyed thee. Verse 52, And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates until thy hand and fence walls come down, wherein thou trust throughout all thy land, and he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all thy land, which the Lord thy God has given thee. Verse 53, And thou shalt eat the fruit of thy own body, the flesh of thy sons, and, thy, and this is sad. This is what sin will do eventually. This is what sin will do eventually if we don't repent toward the coming of the Messiah. We're going to be eating our own children. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thy own body, the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters. That's the definition of the fruit of thy own body, according to the Bible, courtesy to the Bible. It means the flesh of thy sons and thy daughters, or it means the fruit of thy own body means your daughters and your sons. And so you're going to be so hungry and so you're going to be so insane that you're going to Eat your own flesh. And these are people who don't repent, who continue to not want to obey. You know, this, this is talking about progression of sin toward the, the, the end time, ladies and gentlemen, because no one, is, I, as far as I know in this country, eating their, their sons and daughters. This is talking about as we lead to the coming of the Messiah. As I stated before in previous broadcasts, the sins of Sodom are going to increase. They're going to increase and get worse. So they spread around the world to a point where people will be at, at this mental instability state of eating their own children. Which the Lord thy God has given thee in the siege and in the straightness. See, this is in the siege, in the state of war, of distress, wherein thy enemy shall distress thee. Verse 54, so that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom, and toward the remnant of his children, which he shall leave, so that he will not give to any of them of the flesh of his children, whom he shall eat, because he has nothing left him in the siege and in the straightness wherein thy enemy shall distress thee in all thy gates. And so this is talking about starvation in a war setting. Verse 56, A tender and delicate woman among you, which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for, for delicateness, and tenderness, her eyes shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom, and toward her son, and toward her daughter, and toward her young one that comes out from between her feet, and toward her children, which she shall bear, for she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the siege of the straightness, wherein thy enemy shall distress thee in thy gates. Verse 58. You know, God is serious, ladies and gentlemen. You, most people don't understand he is the God of judgment. You don't understand this. People think, hold your place here in Deuteronomy 28, verse 57. I have to quote another scripture here. People think that Yeshua is going to come back as a lamb. <laughs> the biblical ignorance. Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2, verse 1. 
Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together, as they're doing now as I'm speaking, against the Lord and against his anointed, the Messiah. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from among us. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision, and I'm sure he's laughing right now. For people who actually think they can beat him, and they have a better way. Verse 5, then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion, that's in Jerusalem. Verse 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day shall have I begotten thee. He told him that when he got immersed by John the Baptist, the father told his son that. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Verse 8, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance in the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Verse 9, Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. I just talked about a rod. Okay, and he's going to, to rule with force. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, reverence, and rejoice with trembling. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, that not he be angry, and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. A little. Blessed are all that put their trust in him. So when he comes back, he's going to be ruling like a lion. He's going to have mercy. But he's not going to sit and allow people to sin like he's doing now. There's going to be quick judgment on sin, ladies and gentlemen, when he comes back. Deuteronomy 28, verse 58. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, verse 59, then you, know, you can choose to do evil, but you're certainly going to get cursed. That's what he's saying. That's free will, right? Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful. And the plagues of thy seed, your descendants, great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sicknesses, and of long continuance. Verse 60. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt. And of course, if that seed repents, that's a different story. That's explained in Ezekiel 18. The, the, the father's sins won't be the son's sins if the sins see what the father does and repents. Verse 60 of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt which thou was afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee, and also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law. Them will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. Until you're destroyed. Verse 62. And, and you shall be left few in number. Whereas you were as the stars of heaven for multitude, because thou would not obey the voice of the Lord thy God. Don't anyone ever tell you that obedience is not a part of the salvation process. And well, let me explain what I'm, I mean again. Through obedience, we don't earn salvation. Salvation has already been purchased and delivered because of the, the sacrifice of Messiah. In other words, he's opened the door for us to enter the kingdom of God. But for us to enter the kingdom of God... We have to obey him. We have to we have to prove to God that we believe him. Remember, 
James chapter 2 plainly explains that faith or trust in God must have works. Can't say you believe somebody and you don't prove that you believe them. The way we prove that we believe him is by obeying him. Verse 63. And it shall come to pass that as, as the Lord has rejoiced over you to do you good and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to nothing. And you shall be plucked from off the land whether thou goest to possess it. Verse 64. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from one end of the earth unto the other, and there thou shalt serve other gods that which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, wood and stone. Verse 65, And among these nations shall thou find no ease, neither shall the soul of thy feet have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing of eyes and sorrow of mind. And thy life shall hang in the doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear day and night, and shall have none assurance of thy life. In the morning you shall say, Would God if it were even, and at even thou shalt say, Would God if it were morning. For the fear of thy heart wherein thou shalt fear, and for the sight of thy eyes which thou shalt see. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By the way whereof I spoke unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. Some people are confused at thinking that Israel are Africans. Well, let me uh, quickly discount that. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, this is the simplest way I can explain to you who Israel is. In verse 1, he says, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, as the showers upon the grass. Because I will, this is important, he wants all to understand this, O ye heavens and earth, the, the whole universe needs to understand this. Verse 4 of Deuteronomy chapter 32, it says, he is the rock, the work is his work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. All of his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. What is truth? Truth is defined as Psalm 119, 142, the all the instructions and doctrines of God, the law. Verse five, they have corrupted themselves, their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. If you look at the bottom of um Deuteronomy chapter thirty one it's just, this is a this is a song of Moses to Israel that God told him to write. Verse six: Do you thus requite the Lord, O foolish people? And we're certainly uh, the fact the fact that we rule in favor of same-sex marriage shows us how foolish our people can be, our leaders. O foolish people, unwise! Is not he thy father that brought thee? Is he not thy father that brought thee? Has he not made thee and established thee? Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they will tell thee. So fathers should have enough knowledge to tell people the truth. Verse 8, when the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Verse 9, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is, is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste, howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eyes. So not just the Jews are the apple of his eye, the entire 12 tribes of Israel is. 
Verse 11, as an eagle stirred up her nest, what's the United States seal? has an eagle on it, right? Over her young, spread of about her wings, taking them, bear them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead them, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, the best places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock and the oil out of the flinty rock. We have the best of everything. Verse 14, butter of kine, milk of sheep, with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan, and goats with the fat of kidneys and wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. But Jezrun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxing fat. Now, are poor Africans fat? No. <laughs> They're not as fat as Americans and, and people in the Western nations. But Jezrun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxed fat. Thou art grown thick. He wants you to understand he's talking about a people that are obese. Many Africans aren't obese. I've seen pictures. They're skinny because they have lack of resources because they've been stolen and taken from the Western nations. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Verse 16, they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, which abominations provoked them to anger. Now, of course, not everyone from the Western nation, but I'm just saying that Western nations, some from among their own people have stolen from them, and also everyone has stolen from the, the continent of Africa. Okay, that's the point I want to make. I want to clarify that. Verse 17, they sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not to knew. What I'm, let me clarify that again. Um, the... The resources of Africa has been stolen by quite a few people. All right, verse seventeen: They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock, thee thou art unmindful; thou hast forgotten the God that has formed thee. So, the Bible is saying that Israel, modern Israel today, has forgotten the God that has formed them. The majority. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. So the, identi the easy identification of Israel are people who have great resources. They have the best that the world can offer. Hold your place in Deuteronomy 32 to prove this. To put the final seal on that, Deuteronomy 33, verse 17. It talks about Joseph which is one of the tribes of Israel, which consists of the United States and Britain, Ephraim, 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 and Manasseh, or Ephraim and Manasseh. Uh, Deuteronomy 33, verse 13, And of Joseph, he said, Blessed of the Lord of his land, blessed of the Lord be his land, for the precious things of heaven, for the dew, for the deep that couch beneath, and for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun, and for the precious things that put forth by the moon, for the chief things, the best things of the ancient mountains, for the precious things of the lasting hills, for the precious things of the earth and the fullness thereof, and for the good will of them that dwell on the bush, let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph and upon the head of him that separate from his brethren. His glory is like the firstling of a bullock, and his horns like the horns of unicorns. This is symbolic of the British coat of arms. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. They shall be the tens of thousands of Ephraim, which is Britain today, and they are the thousands of Manasseh, which is the United States. And for further study on that, please go to Year Davidi's website, www.b as in boy, r as in rat, i as in it, t as in Tom, a as in apple, m as in mother.org. 
to get detailed instruction on that. So I just wanted to quote the scripture to tell you that whoever Joseph is, which consists of Ephraim and Manasseh, who are part of the tribes of Israel, have the best of everything. And it's certainly in the United States and Britain. And then, of course, all the other, in Deuteronomy 33, is a blessing on all the tribes. All the tribes of Israel have been blessed with the best of natural resources. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, and so this cannot, the, the nations of Israel cannot consist of Africans or any other people, but uh, people that are in those regions, based on what the Bible says. These are people that have the best resources. They are obese. And they have access to his words. They have forsaken the words of God, as the Bible states here. And they have forgotten. So to have forgotten someone, they knew of him. They knew of him. All right. To to forsook or to forsake something, that means that you are aware of that thing that you're forsaking. And you're running away from it. And this, okay, of course, this country was built on the Bible. The Constitution was based on the Bible. And so, you know, God is not stupid. I mean, he knows our people and he knows how we are. In verse 16 of Deuteronomy 32, they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods and abominations provoked they him to anger. Provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed the devils, not to God. Uh, heard of politicians going or people that are popular to go and worship an owl. Um, I heard that on Alex Jones. They sacrificed the devils not to gods, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not, of the rock that beget thee thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. All right? And so because of this, cause us a foolish nation. Verse 21, they have moved me to jealousy. Verse 21 of Deuteronomy 32. With that which is not God, they have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Actually, with another nation. He's going to provoke the uh, Israelitish nations. Verse 32. uh, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 32, verse 22. For fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Verse 23, I will heap mischiefs upon them, I will spend my arrows upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger, and devoured with burning heat, and with bitter destruction. And I will send the teeth of beasts upon them, with the poisonous service of the dust. Verse 25, the sword without, the terror within. And so, people will be destroyed outside the city, and will be destroyed by terror within it and shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with the man of gray hairs. And so, you know, God is serious, ladies and gentlemen. I have to speak. I know people don't like these things. They say, you're not being kind. You're not being... You know, there's a time to be kind, and there's a time not to be kind, ladies and gentlemen. Ecclesiastes tells us this. There's certain basic scriptures. Time to to do certain things, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, right now... You know, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, to everything there's a season. There's a time for every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, 
and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak. And right now is the time to speak. <laughs> a time to love, a time to hate, a time to or, or not like, a time of war, and a time of peace. So there's a time for everything, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, we must speak out. We must do the following in Isaiah. We call ourselves ministers of the truth. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not. Spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet, like a shofar. And show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob, all the tribes, all the western nations, their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God, as Obama got up there with pride, talking about uh, how he felt about this same-sex marriage thing, and just like Billy Graham stated, I agree with him, that he will be judged for this, and this nation will be judged. And for those who adhere to what the president is erroneously teaching and, and telling people, uh, they will be judged if they don't repent. Verse 5, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Where, wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exact all your labors. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as a nation, we must do the following. Um, we must learn how to have the right type of knowledge. We have the zeal, but we don't have the right knowledge. Romans 10, verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Verse 2, For I bear them that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, and that's what we're doing. We're trying to establish our own righteousness. Have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. And that's what we have to do. And this is our, our state, and this is where we're headed, ladies and gentlemen, in Hosea. Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6. says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou hast no priest to me. Seeing you hast forgotten the Torah of thy God, I will also forget thy children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I would change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. And they and there shall be like people, like priests. I will punish them for their ways, and reward them, um, and reward them their doings. For they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom, and shall not increase, because they have left off to take heed. To the Lord. That word whoredom means to fornicate, to prostitute, used for women and only twice in reference to men. And, and and it's talking figuratively about Israel's improper relationships with other nations or other gods. It also is referring to Israel's breach or can of the Lord's covenant relationship. Hosea 4 verse 11, whoredom and wine and new wine take away the mine. My people Ask counsel at their stocks and their staff declare them to them. For the spirit of whoredoms has caused them to err, and they have gone a whoring from under their God. 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's pray for this nation. Let's pray for the entire world that God has mercy. But we know that the prophecies have to be fulfilled. Finally, let me quote Jeremiah chapter 18. Verse 7, at what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? Verse 8, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn or repent from their evil, just like uh, the book of Jonah is an example, that nation repented. So, verse 8, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And it works the other way too, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 9, And at what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it and bless it, as this country was blessed, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good whereof I said I will benefit them. And remember, Jeremiah was a prophet to not only Israel, but to the whole entire world. And so I leave you with that, ladies and gentlemen, to ponder that. And God willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.